0: Sushi, I love Japan, my social life has hit the fan. All I have is anime, so I guess there's just one thing to say. Guru Gamesh, my life's a mess. My figure collection is racking up debt. My wife has left, my house is gone. Time to get my butt to Sakurak. Guru Gamesh. Welcome to the Grugamesh Podcast, the only in one place for anime discussion on the internet. I'm the host of the most mostly, King of Games, Jay, and uh, I'm chilling out with the crew in the schoolyard. We're finding trouble, but, you know, we're not looking too hard. It's the episode on the Yu-Gi-Oh! movies, and uh, with me are fellow Duelist Kingdom competitors Vikram and Gabe. Uh, I, I want to get my grandpa back from this weird card. Uh, Vic, you're paying for for someone's eye operation? Or do you just want that sweet, sweet, um, dollar? Or whatever the currency they use in the Yu-Gi-Oh universe. Probably just more cards. Uh, Excuse
1: me. I'm the one running the tournament. I stole your- Oh! (laughs) I stole your granddad's soul. And I have a weird posh feminine accent with some
0: flowing
2: hair. Marvelous.
0: So today we're doing the Yu-Gi-Oh movies. And we kind of needed to complete the trifecta of- a massive capitalist franchise that you know um, stole all of our money and attention for decades. So we've done the Pokemon movies. I reluctantly forced myself for a Digimon the movie thanks to the stimulants and uh, and Gabe.
2: Yes, I had a great time with Digimon movie.
0: <laughs> so now we're doing the Yu Gi Oh films. I'm going to say this up top. Uh, this will not replace an actual episode on Yu Gi Oh. We will be coming back to the Jewel Monsters anime in particular because that. At the very least, has warranted its own episode, but today we'll be talking about uh, the masterpieces known as Yu-Gi-Oh! The Pyramid of Light, Yu-Gi-Oh! Bonds Beyond Time, uh, a, a surprise entry that we all forgot about until recently, and the 2017 actual film that's of actual film length and isn't just a commercial for video games, um, Dark Side of Dimensions. Question. Okay. You said... That the Yu-Gi-Oh!
1: anime has earned itself its own episode. Okay. Does that mean we're going to do a Pokemon episode at some point? Dear God, no. You're ruining everything, Jay. for all those great Pokemon fans. Let me
0: just describe... Okay, so so, uh, an episode of Pokemon will be sort of... Or like a story of Pokemon will be like 10-year-old... Wants to be the best because he wants to be the best. A saga of Yu-Gi-Oh! is, Ah, my is gonna be blind if I don't win this quad game tournament. Or, my grandpa's soul will be devastated. Or, I'm going to kill you all with my knife. Excuse like, it actually has fucking stakes. Excuse me.
1: The world is dying in many of these Pokemon movies. Somebody's trying to take over the world in nearly every episode, usually Team Rocket. I think the stakes are almost comparable, even if they are a bit played out.
0: Yeah, but Yugi sets someone on fire. So I think Yugi are winning.
1: Uh, It's season zero, which doesn't happen in any of them.
2: And remember, James has inflatable titties. I think we're getting slightly off track talking about James's Inflatable Titties. Gentlemen, I would love to talk
0: more about James's Inflatable Titties on the podcast, but it's time to da 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 da, discuss Okay, so we'll start off with the first
1: movie, right? And Gabe and I are slightly older than uh, Jay, so we actually remember what it was.
2: Yes, I can remember this film coming out in theaters. I genuinely can't remember if I've seen it or not, like... I have vague memories of I might have, but I can't say for sure. But I definitely remember that whole time period of the film coming out where basically all of the boys in my school, at least in my year, were obsessed with Yu-Gi-Oh! And we got the card game banned from school because, of course, we did.
0: Fuck, me too! Yeah, we all got the card game b- bad from school. Were you like selling cards for money or like cocaine? What? Yeah, that's kind of what happened.
2: Yeah, some people were. They created yeah. like a little black market for yeah.
0: it. <laughs> Actual gambling rackets, that's bloody brilliant. Yeah, yeah somebody even tried to sell a Yu-Gi-Oh business where they would tr- sell and buy Pokemon cards. Do you think that's what Grandpa Moto does? Do you think he like sells Yu-Gi-Oh cards on the black market to help
2: pay for like, you know, yu tuition? What else is he going to do? Kyber steals all of his business. Yeah, And that's then Duke steals all of his business, so I don't yeah. know what else he's going to do with it. Yeah, I do remember, like, the phone coming out and especially people getting a hold of the unique cards that came with the pyramid, when you got for free when you went to see the that pyramid. That must have world. felt
0: like the biggest gamble going to see that because you could either get a Blue-Eyes Shining Dragon or you you could get Waterpon. Ha <laughs> I wouldn't talk <laughs> shit about Waterpon. I
1: thought every pack was static.
0: No. It had the same cards. no. no. you could get absolutely fucked by RNG. Much like actual Yu-Gi-Oh! So if anything, it was just preparing those kids for the future (laughs) variety of the games. So, I think all of us have some semblance of fondness of Yu-Gi-Oh! Like, I've been recently getting back into the Duel Monsters anime, I read the manga as a child and was quite fond of the volumes that featured different games. I've been playing Legacy of the Duelist recently, and recently Yu-Gi-Oh! is still going in the hearts and minds of the cultural anime zeitgeist. Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel is recently released for every platform you can imagine. People still very much are attached to this property, albeit probably the first anime and everything else significantly less. But speaking of that, Yu-Gi-Oh! The Pyramid of Light was released in 2004 and was specifically commissioned to cash in on the popularity that was... Uh, turning schools into drug rackets?
2: Yes, it was. It was specifically designed to exploit children for their money, as yeah. most business media is these days, or always has been. The more I think about it, Maximilian Pegasus is just Konami. Yeah. He's uh, actually, that's not a fair comparison, really. Pegasus is so much more lovable than Konami. <laughs> like, don't, don't you just love his extreme... I cannot do his voice, Jesus. Don't you just love his extremely camp voice, J-Boy? You, gi boy that's much better. The trick about doing a Pegasus voice is you have to be sort of very fluffy and light, but
0: equally sadistic. I love my funny bunny. Which, w- if I said that, if I said that in public, I love my funny bunny, I'd just be tackled to the ground and arrested. <laughs> so, Yu Gi Oh: The Pyramid of Light
2: is a movie.
0: Is such a nothing piece of fiction. Where do we even start?
2: As I was saying before we started the recording that me and Jay watched this. We're recording this on Sunday mm-hmm. and we watched this on Monday. Less than a week ago. I can barely remember the movie. Uh, like
0: Kaiba has a hate boner because he's not good at magic. The gathering and tries to to beat a teenager in a card game. And then a big buff Egyptian man is like, nah, bro. Um, I'm going to take over the world. You're not playing Duel Monsters properly. And and then they then they do Mortal Kombat for a bit, yeah. and then the movie ends.
2: That's, that's basically it. Pegasus is there and has one of the best brick jokes in any franchise I've ever seen. <laughs> there are, you know, his lines where he's like, "Oh, no more white wine spitzers before bed for me," and then a couple of scenes later, it's like, "Here's your red wine spitzer, sir."
0: To to talk about this for a second, this actually was a weird sort of point of Yu Gi Oh because. We'll get into this in the actual Jewel Monsters episode we'll do later down the, the road, but this is where you can start to see the censorship sort of declining a little bit. Like, Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah. was comically censored from guns to the mere mention of death. But because it's a film, you can kind of get away with more stuff. So, you know, um, they they mention alcohol. It's, you know, they mention death and the afterlife. But what's most interesting about this is uh, a historic point happened where the cards in the game were the cards in real life. Like, in the show, the cards don't have their descriptions because of FCC regulations. Like, turns out, um, rampant Reaganism wasn't great for children's minds, and America was like, maybe this show that's literally about selling children's card games shouldn't resemble the things that you could buy at a Toys R Us. Maybe, you know, we should just take care of that. Just a little Bit. Fancy
2: little bit just enough <laughs> just just enough to let them get past the regulations so like in the actual show and in the actual movies in the japanese sub you get the full description yeah, yeah
0: but in there so if you're ever wondering why like no one can remember what their cards do to be fair text doesn't exist in the four kids universe <laughs> I'm convinced everyone is illiterate. Well, actually, no. There was a very specific episode
1: of um, Yu-Gi-Oh! GX where one of the Ojamas literally reads from the card, but since it's in the dub, there's nothing to read. But it ma-
0: they still manage to read the card. I like to just imagine that Chaz is just insane and is
2: slowly dying. That sounds like right for most of GX. Yeah. I don't think GX, <laughs> GX is actually set in his skull. I think it's set in the afterlife. Yeah, that's that's honestly very fair. So...
0: Does anyone here have any fond memories of this film in comparison to seeing it now? Because I
2: genuinely do because I watched it quite a few times growing up. I had it on DVD at one point and I bought it for like two pounds from CEX. Lovely memories. But I don't know, re-watching it, I was like, this is fun. And I can I can remember a lot of this movie as it's yes. as it's happening. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember this scene. I remember this scene. But then a week a week from the movie onwards, I um just sat going i cannot remember any of this it it, it just it's just flown out of my brain because it it, like you were saying it's a very nothing movie like it's it's fun the plot's fun but it doesn't really have much weight there's nothing to keep you engaged in it
0: i'm gonna activate my four kids apology spell card and then link summon my arguments because i am notoriously an apologist for a lot of the dub changes they made I made this very clear in our Pokemon episode that I think four kids get too much bullshit for I what they I agree
2: did. with you, to be honest.
0: So watching this movie, the writers are having so much fun. The dub script is very snappy. It's funny. Like, recounting some of my favorite jokes from it. Um, there's the, Oh, no more white wine spritzes for me. Or red wine spritzes. Yeah. But also my favorite line is when Joey, in his in his Brooklyn glory, comes out saying, Hey, you want to get a Yogi? You got to get to me. The Godfather Games.
2: <laughs> like, they know. They're leaning into this 100%, and that's... But honestly, it just makes me respect the movie a lot more. The fact that they are just obviously having so much fun. This, this must script.
0: be unwatchable in Japanese from our perspective. Not in terms of performance, but in terms of, Oh God, everyone's taking this deadly serious. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I, I can't.
1: I, I like, I, oh my god, apart from the Godfather of Games line and the uh, white wine or red wine spritzer, whatever it was, um, which honestly, I didn't even remember until you guys brought it up. But apart from those, like, ickle gems here and there, oh my god, it's such a nothing burger. Wait a, a second,
0: th- we forgot about the most important thing in all of the film Kyber's theme music! <laughs>
2: Uh, yes. That is the best part of any Yu-Gi-Oh!
0: Kaiba has his own, like, fucking Sum 41 track that plays in the background when he's flying his big Fisher-Price toy that is his blue-eyes, white dragon, Harrier jump jet. It's just, like, a two-minute sequence of him flying statically and glaring a little bit with this theme song blaring the background of how no one knows what it's like to be Kaiba. And it's bloody brilliant. I'll throw it in in the edit, but that's my favorite part of the movie.
1: (laughs) I mean, in fairness, Kaiba's themes throughout both the anime and the movies have actually always been spectacular.
0: His Mission Impossible sort of techno, I'm in, kind of hacking song is bloody brilliant. But... I think, other than the scene where uh, Taya split kicks a bunch of zombies and then Joey and Tristan just punch a bunch of corpses until they literally fall apart and rot, that's pretty rad. But everything else is kind of just, just a bad filler episode of Yu-Gi-Oh that goes on for too long.
2: Yeah, basically. So I think... Uh, in that sense, it fits in very well with the tradition of shounen anime movies of... Bad filler. That's you can't have something that's consequential because it will like fuck
0: with the main canon. Although Yu-Gi-Oh is no stranger to doing that, having like seventy-five episodes of pure bullshit Uh,
2: interrupting the big showdown that they've been gearing up towards for the whole show to go into the virtual world. If we
0: die in the game, we die in real life. (laughs) I hate Sword Art Online. (laughs) So Pyramid of Light is a. It's a film, and I feel we joke. just kind of need to move on. On, yeah. on as soon as possible. I wish there was more to talk about,
2: but it's enjoyed.
1: Blue, blue Eyes Shining Dragon has a nice design.
2: Yes, yeah, so that's a cool design. The monster designs in this movie are actually not that bad. Jay was absolutely terrified by one of the Sphinxes.
1: Andro Sphinx, uh, Sphinx Talea or Thinian? I think it was Andro.
0: It's just this fucking creepy woman face.
1: Oh, no, that's Sphinx Talea. Oh, okay. Yeah. That shit was weird. Was that the most
0: confusing boner you've ever had? No, no, no. Like Kyber's like a revert. Like, Kyber's not a furry. Kyber's like a zoophile. But in order to, like, hide it from people, he just puts human faces on them. He's a billionaire. He can be into that sort of thing, and no one can judge him. Otherwise, they'll just be taken away by his private militia. Kaiba owns a private militia, and that's fucking terrifying. We'll get into in that Venice, with dark side of In fairness,
1: yeah, dark. It doesn't manifest until dark side of dimensions. So maybe he wasn't
0: that much of a billionaire yet. The Elon Musk parables are just gonna keep rising from here. They
1: are. I've, I've, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. If Kaiba was, if Elon Musk was half as
0: charismatic as Kaiba, I'd be a little bit more understanding. Yeah, you'd, you'd sign up to his Tesla program
2: where you give you you give your organs so that he could go to space. It runs on biochemistry. I, I mean, to be honest if musk used all of his fortune to make really really high quality monster holograms based on see cartoon. why isn't
0: he doing that instead of being a part of apartheid
2: exactly <laughs> so i think we can all agree that pyramid of light oh this is derailed a movie. so quickly it's amazing yeah. Watch it if you want. It's kind of fun. Speaking of watch it if you want, Bonds Beyond
0: Time, which is an even more nothing piece of fiction to the point it makes me angry. It has one saving grace. It's kind of cool. If
1: you ever watch those first three animes, the 5Ds, Yu-Gi-Oh! GX, and the original anime, it's really fun and nice to see those three protagonists come together for... That's that's Uh, 45 minutes? Yeah, about
2: 45, 50 minutes, and that's basically the entire selling point of the movie. And the other selling point, the fact that it was in 3D, we don't we don't really
1: get
0: the 3D 3D as a selling point. (laughs) Yeah, remember when that used to be something that our culture valued? What a what a bloody time that was. Like, there's a whole scene where like a f- shitty CG dragon is they zoom around it in a 360 camera angle and we're supposed to be impressed.
2: Yeah, at this point it just looks like the really bad CG from fucking Jill links on your mobile phone. And mm. just like this is this is not good anymore, Chief. Like I don't think this ever was. It wasn't. Um also the plot of this film is three
0: teenagers teaming up to save capitalism.
2: Yeah, basically. <laughs> capitalism <laughs> will eventually destroy the world.
0: Okay, so I'm gonna explain this in case someone's just watching. They're listening to us to this for us and not just for Yu-Gi-Oh, which you were the best kind of human being if you're doing that. Thank you. So the plot of this is that Okay, so he's not darts, he's, he's called Paradox, there we go. Paradox is a crazy cool motorcycle,
1: he's come back in time to stop a, the Yu-Gi-Oh from existing, and his main weapon for doing that
0: is Yu-Gi-Oh. It's like if, okay, so Vic is holding a, a, a gun towards him, like, Vic, I'm going to stop you by using my gun, which to be fair, would work, so I can kind of see where no, he's no, coming no, no, from. No, 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 let's be, let, here's what it is we're pissing in a pond. Okay.
1: Paradox is coming along and it's like, I need to stop you guys from pissing in the pond, so I too am going to piss in the pond! <laughs> that That's really what's happening here. It's not really a weapon. It, I thought it came the idea was that the destruction came as a consequence of everyone using Synchro Monsters
0: and dueling and so he just does the dueling! It's like, you're a dumbass! I'm trying to think like if dual discs are linked to like Carbon Footprint or Environment Mentalism or anything but um this is Yu-Gi-Oh, so of course they don't fucking go into it that would be what good films do so this it's also it's not a film it's two episodes glued together in terms of
2: pacing. it's not even that it's it's a very long advertisement like again like the entire draw is to see the three main cast together like the three main characters from those mm. three shows is to see them drilling together why is jaden jaden yuki the soul, the soul after my own heart is just,
0: he's just jumping on cathedrals. I like to think that he was just free running. No, he's given no. he, he's given up dueling, and he's just become like into super hardcore parkour. This was the late two thousands. Jaden would absolutely be into that. Yes, he would.
1: But I, I want to make it clear. In fairness, the reason why the draw is so big to see the three main cast together again is at this point there was quite a thirst for, for four kids to finish dubbing season four of GX. Oh, four four kids, kids were
0: literally just about to go bust at this point. Like Yu-Gi-Oh! had stopped being dubbed by them at this point. It was G Entertainment, I believe. When did they start dubbing them? Four Kids famously lost the Yu-Gi-Oh! license in about like 2008. So yeah, like the remainder of that company that kind of just literally exists to dub Yu-Gi-Oh! kind of stayed in New York. So this technically isn't a four kids production. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's it's the whole... We'll go into this in the Yu-Gi-Oh! episode, but the whole history of how 4Kids f- and, by proxy, their partner distributors with Upper Deck kind of shot themselves in the foot and then just tried to keep walking is a story that requires a lot more depth and time than we have yes. today. But, yeah, um... Can you give, like, a super abridged short uh, version? Long story short, they weren't paying royalties back to Konami and thought they could get away with it. Uh,
2: I mean, I would I would do to see him if I got the chance specifically with Konami. Yeah, but it's what
0: I get you, but you're a dubbing studio. You literally created none of the assets you're trying to sell. That's not how business works. You fucking numpties. So, yeah, um, Bonds Beyond Time has all of my card game husbandos d- defeating this weird Doctor Who time travel man. And then they're like, card games can exist forever.
2: Yay! We save duel monsters again.
0: You think you say being like this cyberpunk working class punk would be absolutely in favor of destroying a biz- big business band, but no. Card games are too important. Yeah, they are. They're part. They're a part of the culture. Yeah. This entire. So this is like. Remember when Pokemon Go had a massive impact in 2016? Imagine if our entire society just was that. Yeah. It was just that, and that was the that was our currency. That was our social connection. Our entire life we're, What a depressing existence it must be to live in the Yu-Gi-Oh! universe and I not play firmly, dual monsters.
1: I am <laughs> firmly convinced Pokemon Go was killed by Hillary saying, Why can't we get these Young people to Pokemon go to the polls.
0: I'm with her. Get your game on, Hillary. <laughs> oh my lord! <laughs> look, it, look. If the, if the Democratic Party had given out free trading cards, they would they would have secured more votes. Yeah, actually,
2: I'd be doing. Okay, as well. so
0: I'm moving the fuck on from this extremely yeah. dated, dated conversation. Uh, my final points are. I love Jaden Yuki so much because he's like if Sonic the Hedgehog was really good at Magic the Gathering. Yeah, that's, that's, that's it, a very that's, accurate description that's his of his his entire personality. And even though the world's being absolutely engulfed in like a time paradox, he's like, well, this is bedacious sweet. He is the... Di- Jaden Yuki is the dying breath of 1996. Yeah. He still has a supply of Tang in his house that he injects into his veins every single day to make sure he's
2: just hip enough. I do love that kid. But again, as we've said, this movie has no plot. And even I was kind of just... I was losing my
0: soul by the end of this. Bonds Beyond Time is, which is very appropriate to Yu-Gi-Oh lore, don't get me wrong, but I think, I'm gonna go into a bit of a thesis of why it kind of represents everything wrong with the franchise and where it's kind of going. You, the more Yu-Gi-Oh! goes into sci-fi territory and goes away from Egyptian mysticism kind of misses the whole point, in my opinion, and this is something that the community of, like, manga purists, purists and Tool Monsters purists kind of gets at is because it's originally based on a story that Kazuki Takahashi actually wanted to tell as opposed to just a bunch of, like, committee members saying, okay, so what if there was a kid with crazy hair that loved playing card games? Okay, cool, what else? No, nothing else. Yeah, cool. Just uh, put it in the year 2026 and I know he's got like a surfboard or some shit. Yeah. That- We're going to make so much fucking money!
2: <laughs> that genuinely sounds like what they think when they created the rest of the shows.
1: Yes. The Zex- like yeah, Zexel fucking V-Rains. Oh my God. All oh, of uh, it's pronounced v- v- V-Rains.
0: <laughs> V-Rains or rains or... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Potato tomato. Uh, but yeah, like I think that getting back to what will probably be our closing. Biggest, yeah, our, our closing discussion being the latest movie, Dark Side of Dimension, that kind of sort of brings back to sort of that Egyptian mysticism and that sort of like these, the fact that these cards are based on old monsters and sorcerers. But before we get to that.
2: Yes, there is one for- more film.
0: We forgot that Yu-Gi-Oh! technically doesn't have three films. It has four
2: And oh boy, is that fourth one a joy. So... Yu-Gi-Oh! The Movie, just titled Yu-Gi-Oh! The Movie.
0: Yeah, animated by Toei, released yeah. in 1999. It's based on the original Yu-Gi-Oh! anime, based on the chapters of the manga, where Takahashi hadn't come up with a card game yet, and so it was basically just sore for children. Yes, and the
2: 90s film was made specifically by Bandai. To try and market their version of yeah. the card game. Which obviously didn't work, because then Konami just shot all over that. And... Well,
0: if you look at the original Bandai card game, it's, a, it's basically just, like, Snap. Yeah. Of numbers. It's not very good. But I, as someone who's watched season zero and read the original manga, I'm actually really fond of this OVA, and it definitely takes the silver medal for the best Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah. film. It's
2: That's real good fun. That's like
0: playing tennis with the net down against an amputee, but it's a really good time. It's basically an extended episode of Yu-Gi-Oh! It's really interesting to see Takashi's designs when the more Toriyama esque yeah. the more rounded. Uh, the Sal animation look is really cool. Joey's entire role in the movie is just to punch security guards in the face. Yeah, Joey actually becomes more likable in this version. It's amazing. I love it. Well, Joey didn't play card games for so long. He basically was just like, Ah, oh, that's cool, yu I'm going to go get in gang fights. Hey. Want to borrow my pornography tape, boy? <laughs> That's an actual thing. It's not a bit. Yugi and jo- Jonochi exchange pornography VHSs multiple times throughout the manga.
1: <laughs> you know what? He sets a dude
0: on fire. Honestly, pretty tame considering what season zero entails. But yeah, this film, essentially, it's not perfect. It does center on. Um, I can't remember his name, so. He's just... He's, he's Gary... G-
2: Gary Stewart. is a Shoto.
0: Shogo. 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 I'm gonna... I'm, okay, so we'll call him Sean. So Sean gets <laughs> uh, the Red Eyes Black Dragon card. He's like, this card's so good, I will win everything, so I'll never play. And Yugi's like, it's not how games work. And he's like, nah, bro. And then Kaiba's like, <laughs> uh, another dragon. I need to make up for my small penis.
2: Get it! <laughs> I need to beat this child in a children's card game to justify my own self-worth. Mokuba, measure it again, and I decide where the base is this time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, big brother.
2: So what I really love about this movie, I think more than anything, is that art style. Because it's a lot closer to Takahashi's original manga art style. It's a lot more rounded. It's a lot more cartoony. The it's monster softer. cards are so well animated. Sick. They look gorgeous. I would love if we ever got like an actual HD rip of this film because we watched a Laserdisc rip.
0: We had to sign into Gabe's like torrent account that you made 10 years ago in order to find a half decent rip of this lost media that was only ever on vhs we had to we specifically went for the laser disc Yeah, no, it was on laser disc but we didn't it not a dvd not anything like that we we fucking
2: we tunneled for this (laughs) and we did well and honestly it was worth it it's a very it's a very fun little distraction it's a fun little movie it's just it's literally what, 25 minutes?
0: No, it's about it's yeah, it's about half an hour, but honestly half an hour. it's kind of like a Yu-Gi-Oh pilot film. It's actually very similar to the first episode of Duel Monsters.
2: Yeah, it is actually.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, I that's what I felt exactly like it was. It was a pilot film. It yeah. wasn't it it was an introduction to the Yu-Gi-Oh and the sort of the game that
0: it was supposed to be entailing. But I mean, now you got a message about sort of, you know. Because as much as Sean is you know, he's, he's a kid who's being bullied and he's like, finally... Derek's a bitch. Let's be honest here, okay? Derek is a bitch. We'll talk about Sean. We'll get to Derek in a second. <laughs> Who the fuck's Derek? I thought-, I thought Derek was Sean. We're just going to keep calling him random British names because <laughs> we refuse to memorize his actual one. Okay, so... Um- Shotokan! Shoto oh ah, yes, I, re- I remember my gym teacher. Yes. yes. Um, Tajime Shotokan. It was a man City supporter. Bastard. Alright, so what a dick. Um, so so Jimmy it has a little character arc where Joey's like, You gotta stand up for yourself, Tony.
2: You gotta, you know, learn how to gotta, duel with the
1: cards. You gotta you gotta learn your bada bings and your bada booms, you know?
0: See the bada boom is where you gotta take some guy out who's looking at your girl the wrong way. <laughs> Say hello to my little friend, my red-eyes black dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Are you making love to this man now? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna make yolk. I'm gonna make half and half. of you can't refuse, I'll trade you my Jinzo. <laughs> uh, don't trade Jinzo. Is it still? It's still a very good card, from yes, what I understand. Don't,
2: don't trade Jinzo for a Red Eye. That so seems like a bad trade. <laughs>
1: No, actually, you're right. It probably is a bad trend. But we don't know anything about card games. We know only a tiny bit about anime.
2: Yes.
0: Um, and basically... Japanimation, think- please. We are talking about old school stuff. So it actually is Japanimation. So long story short, the last couple of things I'm going to bring up is I actually really like the, the sort of season zero score. It's kind of like a, a very sort of 90s old school shonen. Yeah. Uh, Props too, because this was never dubbed. Props to the voice of Yami Yugi. Yes. Megumi Ogata, who's known as the voice of Shinji Akari, known as the voice of uh, Kurama. Uh, she's known for being sort of very... Wait, clarify. Kurama from... Yeah, Yu yeah, Yu Hakusho, yeah. Yes, not Naruto. No, she's it. not the fox.
1: Yes, there we go. Well, <laughs> I'd be quite
0: impressed if that was the I'll case. very impressed. I That distinction is important. So continue. It's the Kurama from the show and series that didn't fuck itself into oblivion. Anyway, so... Megumi Ogata does this really interesting thing where when she goes from Young Yugi to Yami Yugi, it's sort of like this sort of soft, cold, yet sort of heroically menacing voice. It's very different from Dan Green or the other bloke who voiced yeah, him it, in Duel Monsters. It doesn't but in,
2: have that dramatic boomingness yeah, to it. It's
0: actually sort of more subtle and a bit theatrical, but I really like her interpretation of Yami Yugi. It's really interesting. And yeah, no, I just really like this OVA. Until we watched Dark Side of Dimensions, this easily took my number one spot. But we finally had a Yu-Gi-Oh! The Dark Side of Dimensions released in 2017. I remember when this first came out. This was a big deal. The OG cast, the OG creator who was script supervisor, who helped write it, character designed it you know, help with the supervision. Takahashi was incredibly involved, which you can tell because this is technically
2: manga canon. Yep. And it's also... Very fucking good for what it is.
0: I did not expect to like this film as much as I did. It's not perfect, and we've all got miniature gripes with it, but honestly, for a franchise film, this probably blows most sort of children's yeah. movies for shonen or sort of by the by
2: the toys anime out of the water. Especially considering that it was released, like, what, over 10 years after the original anime and manga both ended. Yes. And it captures the mood and the style of them
0: Like, as mentioned, Takashi has really not been super on board in terms of story when it comes to, like, the various manga adaptation of the Yu-Gi-Oh properties. So him coming back on board is actually, it's a very big deal. And you can tell because the first half of this movie, the strongest half, is just character drama. And it's good character drama at that. It's really good, gonna. I was gonna say, I think it's good character drama- for Yu-Gi-Oh. Yes. Well, that's what we kind of we have to sort of use our measuring stick here and there. Like good character drama for a show that eventually had to become about pushing a product as opposed to how it started.
1: Right, but uh, the thing that I was going to say and it really showed in the dialogue is that the dramatic characters were able to seem really f- like just absolutely owned their dialogue whether it be through the characters or who they are or whatever. So, like, characters like Kaiba and Joey, when they did crazy shit and they talked in, like, this really dramatic sort of way, it fit in and it paced itself really well with who they were. But it kind of became a a little bit more jarring when characters who are more... Conventionally uh, anime well subdued and su- more subtle yeah or conventionally
0: anime although co- conventional anime tends to be somewhat hyperbolic so maybe that's not the best more into of villains because specifically D.Va is a character who is introduced as the main antagonist of this film other than Kyber again but it's Yu-Gi-Oh they have like two Kyber, yeah. ideas Ky- Kyber's not
2: so much a villain as he is just, He's just the a rival
0: I'd, I'd I'd say that Kyber is like the what's the word doodologist like the secondary the Deuteragonist. Yeah, Deuteragonist. Yeah, yeah he's that for, for this yeah, film. He's, but yeah, he's
2: the, he's the Vegeta to the Goku. He's the yeah. Sasuke to the Naruto.
0: Somehow less redeemable than someone who could blow up a planet. Anyway.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> um, nope, disagree. Kyber fires someone who designs a bad bottle. That can be crushed.
2: Is that, is that comparable to blowing up a planet?
0: Yes! It wasn't recyclable. They've got, to meet their <laughs> quote. They've got to meet their quotas, otherwise, you know, Epa's going to get on their ass. Kyber Corp has already had enough scandals as it is. They need to sort of, like, stay in the, you know, the UN's good books. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Sorry, continue. Whoa. <laughs> uh, D.Va, the new villain, I quite like, even though he is a bit squandered potential, purely because he's just quite different. Yeah. I was actually super on board with his motivation for the first half of the film. The second half is still good, but it very much devolves into a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh tropes, yeah. and they kind of feel like they're ticking boxes. Some of those boxes, they're ticking, are very damn good, but others are like... A lot of us kind of had to look at each other and look at our watches, saying, yeah, because I should also mention, it's, it's a full feature-length film, it's two hours and ten minutes.
2: But yes, and that's fantastic because there's a lot of time to properly develop all the characters, especially when there's so much character drama in that first half. But the problem is, this is a movie about jewel monsters and about card games. Yes, so you've so got to circle back to that you've eventually. You've got to circle back to that eventually. But the problem is that rather than pacing the jewels out throughout the 2-hour film, like you would think it would be sensible, they decide to stick a bunch of jewels right at the end of the film one after another so the climax just with the same
1: three people the problem is though and i think i think the ova movie like really exposed this is that you can do a game you can do a movie with the with the card game in it you just have to make those cards important to the story as well or make mistakes
0: very personal for characters there's only so many times you can end the world but if we don't care about who's living in it I'm not going to bat an eye.
1: Well, so here's the thing. In fairness, they did try like doing that. But the problem is, Duel Monsters, the game itself, is so important to the story. You kind of need to make the cards and what happens in them important too. So that way each card play feels significant the OVA nailed it Yeah, they made the red eyes a really significant factor
0: like the whole sort of like thing about the, the red eyes has the potential for victory like the OVA has a lot of great Chekhov's guns it's very basic storytelling but it's good meat and potatoes shown in storytelling right, right, right. yeah Dark Side of Dimensions doesn't quite hit that it's, ve- it's, it's very muddled would you say yeah so I'm talking about
1: the fact that like um, D.Va's cards are all based around cube crap yes uh... <laughs>
0: He's not exaggerating. His dual discs is just a- It's, it's literal cubes! It's, it's a bunch of cubes that float on their own accord, and he summons a bunch of weird, like, vagina eye monsters.
2: That are made up of cubes.
0: Yeah, that are also somehow made Yeah, they're circular, but they're cube.
2: Yeah, it's very strange.
0: It's very strange. He's um, an yeah. Egyptian orphan, well, he, like, he can never go to trigonometry school. No, but,
2: like, the, the point is that there's no-
0: They invented trigonometry, didn't they?
2: Yeah, but- he didn't.
1: <laughs> sure. Go ahead, Kate. With,
2: with the cubic monsters in particular, there's n- not really an expl- any explanation of why they're like that. There's there's no tying to nope. his character with his monsters other than nope. he has a magic cu- millennium cube that can do magic things. That's and that's the connection.
0: Being said, what I really liked about this film is the fact that they tied back to the Egyptian mysticism. Yeah. Because Diva was a disciple slash you know he was being guarded and parented by Shadi, a character that has not been fought about in decades, and all of us kind of just looked at each other saying. Holy shit! That's a really good idea. That took me by absolute surprise. I was like, "Whoa, we're going down
1: this road." Okay.
2: Shadi's like Shadi's rule in that film is genuinely really well written and done. And it's like, oh, okay, oh, this works. This works really well, actually. Yeah, nice. I I
1: don't know how I feel about divas how they tried to push divas jumping off point but that initial the initial building blocks you bang on the money yeah. it was
2: such a great idea uh, my issue with diva is that he is he's a good villain but he's a very st- against standard anime shonen movie film villain of oh i'm evil but i'm not actually evil i'm just really misguided and the power of friendship will save me
1: i don't even know if it really does well, he, he kind of fuzzes...
0: The, the, the ending is very confusing for that particular aspect, but I think Diva's character can be summed up with sympathetic to a point, point. and I think if you were to just give him more scenes and maybe cut back on some more characters, like, for instance, Bakora is in this film and he's trapped in, like, a dimension, but they don't really do anything with that. No. So I think with some script oh. uh, script editing i think diva could have been someone and i'll let us sort of you know I, I
1: think the problem is is that they tried to contrast diva with yugi and that doesn't make sense because one's well, they're both relatively subtle and it's hard to contrast those two people against each other, whereas if you did it against Kyber like they did in the first half, it was actually a lot more Yeah. yeah.
0: Let's
2: like, yeah, say it's guess, a lot more dynamic and a yeah, lot more engaging. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's a lot more dynamic, it's a lot more engaging. Um, and it means that, like, each of their specific characteristics stand out much more. Yes. If he's, if he's a more um, quiet and contemplative person, that would stand out more. If they, But, like, they didn't do that, they just kind of focused on all the cards in the, car, in the second half, and they, they did nothing at the beginning. Well, no, they did tons of character stuff in the beginning one rather than interweaving One of the duels
0: in particular is the best hands down, and it's the one where Yugi defeats Kaiba with no assistance from a ten. Yes.
2: That one, in my opinion, should have been the final duel. I agree, because that is the... That that's the kind of thing that's built up from the very yes. first episode Absolutely. of the anime and the, like the early chapters of the manga when Joe Most is getting introduced. That that's the thing. Like it's always been Yami
0: and Yugi working together yeah. or a Tem in this case. But the fact that like Yugi on his own merits as the King of Games, that's a yeah. really solid measure. In fact, it's a battle for a Tem not to be summoned, yep. which is a really interesting contrast. But the problem is, it comes after a battle of D.Va versus Yugi straight into Kaiba versus Yugi, and then like the D.Va's weird alternate transformed he, he form goes comes afterwards. one wing, the angel, Yeah, he goes like, full Egyptian Sephiroth and it doesn't work as well. It's nice to see a Tem again yeah. and he doesn't even need to say anything. I really enjoyed that choice. I yes. thought that was a really it's good smart. choice. They just nod yeah. to each other. They've already had a lifetime to say what they mean to each other. Yeah. It's just sort of like seeing a distant memory. So I'm going to say a few more things that I like about this film because I'm going to make a very unpopular argument and opinion okay. that will... Probably turn Vic
2: specifically against me. So this film looks beautiful. Oh, it does. Uh, just, just, just take a moment. The animation in this film is stellar. Gorgeous, like Takahashi's art style and the art style has never looked better. No, really hasn't. It benefits so much from having modern animation techniques in it, and you can tell the lighting especially. Yeah, and the budget they've been given for it is obviously very good because oh, oh, it
0: looks beautiful. If I'd I'd say more than budget, it's probably to do with like planning and getting specific animation staff that are probably very good at animating expressive character. One thing
2: that you like you pointed out to me, Jay, was that. The fact that they actually 2D animate the cars. Okay, so the
0: we were really
2: hyped about this.
0: For, and you might think, why are you hyped about them animating 2D cars? Here's why. Most B-tier anime studios, and even some A-tier ones, yeah. will just use CG for vehicles because it's easier. The fact that this movie, in order to make it feel more diegetic, the art style, actually animated vehicles, which are vehicles are extremely difficult to draw and get in motion due to like the complex movement, but it looks wonderful. And that just proves the amount of effort and detail that goes into this film. Uh, the character interactions were also wonderful, especially from an English fans point of view. It's a really great scene. Most of the four kids cast back like with the only people that didn't get back were probably people who either retired from voice acting or have literally been passed away for like a decade plus. They got everyone they could, from Eric Stewart to Dan Green,
2: all of the heavy hitters. And they all, pretty much all of them, bring their A game. Yeah. Oh, they
1: try, they try. I think uh, some of them are clearly showing some cracks, but they all give it a good enough attempt that I don't think I can.
0: A lot
2: of these people haven't been working for years, so it can only be expected. It's like the thing of, oh, they haven't actually been in voice acting for years, but you can still tell that they're like really putting their emotions and their effort and their energy into the show, into the film even if they're not as on their game as they would be if they so, were still yeah, in, just Ultimately,
0: this is, just a, this is a, a great film for a Yu-Gi-Oh! fan. It delivers almost everything you want. Yes, and this knows. is where... Uh, the reason I want to sort of pile on this praise... I mean, also, the soundtrack's really good. I need to listen to the Japanese soundtrack yeah, so because...
2: The, the credits... Well, when it comes to the credits, then they cover that original Yu-Gi-Oh! opening from the 4Kids dub, and it's a fantastic cover there's a really good remix it really is Uh, it's uh and it just makes it like oh this is an actual song that i would listen to to get some like nostalgia from it
0: so we're piling on this compliment sandwich or specifically i'm doing it because i do like this film i really like this film but i'm gonna pile on my biggest criticism I think this film overused Kaiba, and even to a certain degree kind of misused him. And here's how my whole thesis is. Sato Kaiba is a good character, to a point. But his biggest problem, which when we'll discuss the Duel Monsters anime and manga, I'm going to get into this more in depth, but Kaiba's character arc is essentially the same thing that has to be repeated three times, possibly four times counting filler for uh, every saga of Yu-Gi-Oh. And the fact that he's so innately static and has to learn the same lesson every time is incredibly frustrating. This character peaked in Duelist Kingdom. Fucking fight me.
2: I, st- I what, love Kaiba, but I agree.
0: What is the lesson he learns? Humility and trust, and not everything revolves around a piece of paper. Like because in Duelist Kingdom, he has Mokuba. His company is being hacked, so he only has a limited amount of resources. You are behind Kaiba because although he's an arrogant jackass, he's he's fighting for yeah. someone else. But every other saga of Yu-Gi-Oh, it's just something, something. My pride, my cards. And it gets old very fucking quickly for me.
2: It's like, I do agree, because as much as I love Kaiba, regardless of the criticism of his character, whenever he shows up, i am of a great time. Yeah, no, Eric Stewart kills it in the role, and he's very fun, but the thing is... He is overused in the film. Yes,
0: I would make the argument that I would cut a few of Kaiba's scenes and give more to D.Va to make him an act, because Kaiba's already a character. D.Va isn't quite a character.
2: Or even take more away from Kaiba to give to other cast members. Joey doesn't even
0: get to duel in this film, and I am so sore
2: about that. This is another thing that we mentioned. was that The extended yeah. cast doesn't really get utilized as much as they need to be.
1: I I, I have to agree. I, I love Joey. I love Kaiba, but... And maybe a bit too much went in Kaiba's way. Although, the one minor defense I'll give to Kaiba is that he doesn't change throughout the whole movie. Like, he's still the same arrogant twat he is from get-go, and it is very fun to watch. But you actually, by the end of the movie, if you're, like, really paying attention, you'll realize that, oh, he actually you can actually gain an appreciation for his perspective on why he wanted a 10-back. Not just for his pride or anything like that, but it was
0: a bit more than that. It was a little more than that, but I'd argue it's only communicated in the last, like, five yeah. minutes of the film. Yeah, there's that last scene. I, I, I would... Everything else does not make me want to root for this man.
1: Oh, yeah, but I think that's part of the point. You don't always get, you don't always get, and to be honest with you, I don't think you should
0: want to root for him. He's just somebody fun to watch rather than somebody, somebody who's actually should be rooting for. But I'd argue that it would be much better if we just, I know that it's never going to happen because he's so popular, but I'd rather the character just be retired and the the other cast kind of move on because there's, You can't really do much with him if he's constantly stuck in this sort of rival loop.
1: Well, actually, that's where I'd say that this thing really, this movie does show off what you can do with him. You can show that even though he doesn't necessarily change, your perspective of him can grow.
2: Yes, I agree, because that scene towards the end, after the big climax, and Kaiba comes over and has this little conversation with Yugi, you can see, you can tell... That was great. nice! That was nice, because you can tell that Kaiba actually does think of these people as friends in his own bizarre, asshole way. I, d- I don't know, all I, I know, all I know is... I think I would have rather just seen something
0: that we hadn't seen already.
1: I I think Uh, the big problem is, is there was a lot of, well, there
0: was a significant amount of wasted wasted potential here. And And also the jokes jokes are great, great, but I think the dub team went a little too ham in some places where Kyber's one line is one where we're like, oh, that's great. And then we're like, wait, that just deflated the tension.
2: Oh god, that was bullshit. I would have preferred if we kept a little more serious. I I think this movie is kind of almost the inverse of Pyramid of Light in that regard. Yes, And that Pyramid of Light is made so much better by its really campy, wacky, over-the-top dialogue, whereas because of the tone of Darkseid and because of how well-written it is and how focused it is on character drama, those wacky one-liners and really overhammed dialogue can like can detract from it sometimes.
1: I I think what I, I mean I think maybe I'm just harping on this because it feels like the most obvious way to rectify it. But I think it is the fact that it's the characters who aren't all wacky, crazy, off the wall people, and the dialogue kind of is, and then it makes this huge sort of disconnect. And it makes it's like when Diva or Yugi, like when Yugi at the start of the movie starts talking on all these grand ways about how he misses a Tem. It feels kind of awkward because Yugi's more subdued, or even I wouldn't say timid, because that's not quite right, but restrained in his comments, and he's just not not normally like that. He's not normally as expressive in that way. Whereas Joey going on a whole tirade or doing some dumb shit, yeah, 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 no, he would, he would, one hundred percent. So um, I wish they just communicate that better. Diva, in the same way, seems a sort of misguided subtlety he has a subtlety to him that they just don't capitalize on
0: and also he kind of just he gets a happy ending in the end and it's not very clear how it happens anyway wrapping this up because I think we're just past the 50 minute mark I would love a sequel I would absolutely love a sequel to this that would sort of expand on a new cast of
2: characters interacting with the gang. I think what we discussed (laughs) when we did our Dragon Ball episode about how, honestly, we'd be quite happy if Dragon Ball just did a movie every couple of years now. Do that for Yu-Gi-Oh! Now, yeah, yeah, that would be great. That would be fantastic. I'd be very down for that. Just like every couple of years, new movie. Maybe, do, like it the Maybe yes. 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 do it with a GX cast.
0: Maybe do it with
2: just GX cast. Pure, pure like
1: concentrate capitalism right into my veins. Yep. <laughs> right into the veins, baby.
2: Just chuck the cards in a blender. Yu-Gi, do you must
0: up. believe in the heart of the stock market. Oh, so, um, Let's <laughs> bring this to a close. Bonds Beyond Wall Street. If they're going to do as many
1: duels as they actually, yeah, that is a fucking good name. Fuck. Um, but if if you were gonna do that in the future, put a little. If you're gonna have this many duels in a, in the movie. Put a bit more emphasis on the on the cards that are being duelled
2: with as well. And spread the jewels out, please. Spread them out. Don't chuck them. And give Joey a win, for the love of God! Yes,
1: he didn't even get one. Not even the fucking memory win. He didn't even get that. We thought he was gonna pull a Kyber too. He didn't. uh, That made me
0: angry. So yeah, this has been our episode on the Yu-Gi-Oh! Movies. Uh, we've had a lot of fun, and at some point, maybe next season or maybe in a little bit, we will cover the Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Monsters anime. But until then, uh, believe in the heart of the podcast and uh, get your game on. Good night, everyone. Mm, too late to give you back, my receipt is gone. And I'm starting to look back at everything that's going wrong. Know oh, how are you so long? Told you in my hand Such a shame it took six weeks shipping Directly from Japan Not gonna lie, you were kawaii But now your paint job's chipped away The real a blues My plastic wife. Your shining glass once put my family in strife. For what I owe to you, I swear I could die. All this body pillows I left hanging dry. Oh darling, we're a mess. Listening to Garuga Mess.